Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now, in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Well, let's jump right in, shall we? I think we shall. Barack Obama, Barack Milhouse Benito Obama, he's got a podcast with uh, Bruce Springsteen. Can you imagine? Bruce Springsteen. And uh, when he's not drinking and driving, I guess he's doing a podcast, Mr. Producer. Anyway, uh, reparations. Obama feels now we should have reparations. See, Obama, even when he was president, he knew, I can only go so far with this stuff. I can only go so far. But now, all stop signs are gone. All stop signs are gone. We have this critical race theory. We have the 1619 Project. We have uh, the retraining of teachers. We have HR training individuals in major corporations and middle-sized businesses. We have textbooks galore. We have books galore about racist America. It's really, uh, you can see the change in the last 12 to 24 months. It's been uh, incredible. It's been radical. It's been extreme. And it wouldn't be happening but for the fact that our universities and colleges, for which we pay hundreds and hundreds of billions of dollars every year, even those of us who don't have kids going to school, we subsidize them. And now our public schools, for which we pay hundreds and hundreds of billions of dollars a year. We're not indoctrinating people on this. And yet they're controlled by the teachers' union, They're controlled by the administrators. They're controlled by the faculty. 
in colleges and universities. We have no say in any of these institutions, and yet we pay for all of it, all of it. And they're destroying our country. They're destroying faith in our country by the next generation. They're destroying our history. They're lying about the founding of this nation. And so every radical with a chip on his or her shoulder who has not been suppressed, oppressed, repressed, pushes their agenda. Whether it's climate change, whether it's climate justice, whether it's environmental justice, whether it's uh, social justice, racial justice, economic justice, whatever it is. We are drenched in this. And the only reason that this is able to occur in this country is because we are so free. In repressive regimes, truly repressive regimes, this kind of crap's not put up with. And so this country's being ripped and torn and pulled and pushed. And it has found a home in the Democrat Party. The Democrat Party has surrendered any integrity it once had, which wasn't much. And it has decided that this will be the new base. This will be the new base. Not certain of the traditional communities within the base, but a, an adjusted new base. So the, the radical neo-Marxist environmentalists, very important part of the base. If they have to surrender private sector union members, so be it. It's not that big anyway, they figure. We can get the suburbs with the other. If they have to surrender the working class, they will surrender the working class for illegal immigrants who they can bring in by the millions, eventually legalize and eventually get registered to vote as citizens. So there's been a marked change in the Democrat Party. And as I tell you every night on this program, and the Democrat Party now is the party of what? Power. That's it. Now, Barack Obama, as I think back during his administration, what exactly did this guy accomplish? That had any lasting power that was really helpful to the American people? You know, the interesting thing is Donald Trump did more for the black community than Barack Obama did. Whether it was employment, whether it was economic zones, whether it was his push for school choice, whether it was criminal justice reform, you go down the list... What did Obama do? Now, Obama and Michelle have made out really incredibly well since they've left the White House. They're worth well over $100 million. Reparations, they say. Now, I made a proposal many years ago behind this microphone that, of course, reparations is preposterous. It's a preposterous idea, but it's being pushed again by the hard left and the Democrat Party as another way to redistribute wealth to individuals who mostly vote Democrat. Not all, but mostly. If they mostly voted Republican, you wouldn't hear about reparations. If two-thirds of Latinos, Hispanic Americans, or Hispanics, period, if two-thirds were voting Republican, you wouldn't hear about open borders and citizenship for illegal aliens. It wouldn't happen. Because it's all about power. Reparations. Now, here's the interesting thing. Most Americans who live in this country today, their ancestors weren't even here during slavery. 
The overwhelming majority of taxpayers in this country are not the descendants of slave owners. In fact, many of the people who are here in the United States today, you, me, our ancestors fled here for the same reason so many ancestors have fled here and so many people have fled here. To get away from slavery and tyranny and pogroms. So this is just another way to figure out how to redistribute wealth. When you read Abraham Lincoln's second inaugural address, and my dad wrote about it in a beautiful illustrated book, mostly for young kids, but you can look at it too, or read it anywhere. It's the second shortest inaugural speech ever given. The first was George Washington, who didn't give it in person, of course. But it was also considered his greatest speech, even more than Gettysburg. And Frederick Douglass, after he was finished delivering that speech, Lincoln, met Lincoln at the White House and praised him. He was skeptical about Lincoln, but he became to love, he came to love and adore Lincoln, as Lincoln did him. And Frederick Douglass, there was a courageous man, there was a brilliant man, a former slave. Truly a remarkable human being. And you should read how he wrote. He wrote beautifully. Just beautifully. Abraham Lincoln gave that speech truly for unity. It wasn't like Biden saying unity and then doing everything he possibly could to ram his hardcore le- radical left neo-Marxist agenda down the throats of all Americans. Read that speech. Here they are ending the most horrific war America has ever had. It's not even close. Over 700,000 dead. And God knows how many other casualties. In a nation of 25 million people. Cities burned to the ground. Atlanta burned to the ground. And Atlanta wasn't the only city. Richmond, Vicksburg, and others. Devastation. Massive devastation. So the economy needed to be rebuilt. The people had to, had to somehow come together. Americans. And that speech Lincoln gives is a religious speech in many respects. And it's a respectful speech. And he talks about America. And he's respectful about the North and the South. He's respectful about the men who fought. He's in all of them. He's in all of them. Not awe, awe. And then you have to listen to Barack Obama. Barack Obama, the first black president. Yet it's Abraham Lincoln who did more for African Americans in America than any other human being in this country before or since. Abraham Lincoln. And we don't have his birthday as a holiday. But it was Abraham Lincoln. People wanted him to sue for peace. People wanted him to settle. He said no. No. And the second great president, nearly following on his heels, who confronted, who confronted what had taken place post-Civil War was Ulysses S. Grant. 
Ulysses S. Grant. He sent the United States military into the South to go after the Ku Klux Klan. And had put them down pretty good there for a while. And then guess what? They lost the House to the Democrats, Mr. Producer. And so he lost, in many respects, his authority to do what he wanted to do, including with reconciliation. The Democrats are always at the bottom of this division, whether it's one side or another. They're always trying to divide us. They're always trying to to tribalize us or balkanize us, perhaps a better word. You understand what I mean. This is what they do. Whether they are slaveholders, whether they are segregationists, whether they are democratic socialists and neo-Marxists, it doesn't matter. It's never about Americanism. It's never about Americanism. And so Barack Obama, as he sits there and gets incredibly wealthy, as he vacations with billionaires, as he dines and is wined, he says, now's the time for, for reparations. Well, why didn't he go for reparations before? Well, when we come back, I want you to hear what he has to say. You'll shake your head like me. I'll be right back. Lovin. Are you worried about America's future? Times of trouble are full of reasons to despair. But those who built and have preserved our country didn't despair. So to do our part, we need to draw on the books, the history, and the ideas that gave our forefathers and mothers strength and inspiration. Hillsdale College was founded in 1844 to teach these very things, and it teaches them still today. We can all study these things, all with Hillsdale College professors right in our homes. Through Hillsdale's free online courses, we can study the history of our civilization, the wisdom of ancient and Judeo-Christian philosophers, and the writings of Shakespeare and Mark Twain. We can reacquaint ourselves with our Constitution. We can learn how the Constitution has been undermined, and more importantly, how it can be recovered. Friends, as we fight in defense of family, faith, and freedom, let us draw on the best of the past with Hillsdale's guidance to save the greatest nation on earth. Begin learning today at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. levinforhillsdale.com. All right, this uh, Springsteen-Obama podcast series... Cut 15, go. How do you hold the same country that sent man to the moon with being the same country of Jim Crow? You don't make peace with that, obviously. But how do you sort of hold that being the same, America? I think that it is partly because we never went through a true reckoning. And so we just buried one huge part of our experience and our citizenry in our minds. No, we didn't. We had a massive civil rights movement, ladies and gentlemen. A massive civil rights movement led not by the federal government. It started in black churches in the South. were brave black men and women, brave black preachers. Wouldn't take it anymore. 
And they rose up. And they were mostly peaceful. They were followers of Gandhi. Not Karl Marx. That's what happened. Nobody buried anything. Maybe it's because Obama's a Democrat, he thinks it was buried. The Democrats fought the 1957 Civil Rights Act when Eisenhower was president. They fought the 1960 Civil Rights Act when Eisenhower was president. They fought the 1964 Civil Rights Act. They fought the 1965 Civil Rights Act, often called the Voting Rights Act. They fought it all. But it wasn't swept under the rug. It wasn't broomed. The nation went through a major convulsion. And it needed to. And it needed to. And there were enormous changes made throughout the country and in the states. This is the difference between an Abraham Lincoln and a Barack Obama. Barack Obama never brought the American people together, nor did he ever do anything special for the African-American community. He was the first elected black president, for which he's been honored and celebrated. It's been noted, it'll be noted in American history for all time. But in many ways, in my opinion, Obama has always been about Obama, and he's been very selfish about it. And so he'll do this podcast, he'll show up at different events, he'll make comments, some of which are rather radical, some of which aren't, and then he'll go back to one of his five massive mansions. But Obama's never had really any role in anything in in this respect. He's never led any movement to bring unity to this country. But I don't know what he means there hasn't been a reckoning or that sort of thing. Again, I want you to think about Abraham Lincoln's second inaugural address. He would never have said that. You know, among those in the audience were Confederate soldiers who crossed the Potomac, some of them without limbs, as a result of the war, and they wanted to hear what Lincoln was going to say. What was he going to do to the South? What was he going to do? What's interesting is what you see in the Capitol building today, where the National Guard surrounds the Capitol building, That's exactly the opposite of what Abraham Lincoln would have done or did as the Civil War was coming to an end. Obama went on, and I want you to listen to more of this. I'll be right back. Are you worried about America's future? Times of trouble are full of reasons to despair. But those who built and have preserved our country didn't despair. So to do our part... We need to draw on the books, the history, and the ideas that gave our forefathers and mothers strength and inspiration. Hillsdale College was founded in 1844 to teach these very things, and it teaches them still today. We can all study these things, all with Hillsdale College professors right in our homes. Through Hillsdale's free online courses, we can study the history of our civilization, the wisdom of ancient and Judeo-Christian philosophers, and the writings of Shakespeare and Mark Twain. We can reacquaint ourselves with our Constitution. We can learn how the Constitution has been undermined, and more importantly, how it can be recovered. 
Friends, as we fight in defense of family, faith, and freedom, let us draw on the best of the past with Hillsdale's guidance to save the greatest nation on earth. Begin learning today at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. levinforhillsdale.com. Levin, the great one. The great one, Mark Levin. Dial in now, 877-381-3811. You know, I feel I have to take time to go through this and unravel this because it is so ubiquitous. And now it's almost passe for people to make comments like this about white people and black people. And we cannot allow it to be passe. I have a dear friend of mine, he's African-American, I worked with him for years, and we had a wonderful phone call the other day, and he started in on this. I, I was stunned. Shocked. He never talked like this before. And I confronted him, I said, I'm not going to sit here and listen to this bullcrap. I'm just not going to do it. You know better, I know better. We've been friends almost 40 years. And he laughed, he understood. And so, if I don't bring this up and I don't discuss it, who is going to do it? Seriously. So Obama continues on this Bruce Springsteen uh, and Obama podcast series. Cut 16, go. Now, you mentioned that a reckoning hadn't taken place. So here we sit today where it feels like a reckoning is being called for, you know. Is the country ready to deconstruct its founding myths? It's, it's all, right, all, right, all right, hold on a second. It's, is it ready to deconstruct its foundingness? Its foundingness? Is this a serious discussion? It's mythic stories. Go ahead. Mythic stories, it's mythic history, or is it prepared to consider reparations? All right, hold on a second. Our history is not a mythic story. We have no interest, tens of millions of us, in deconstructing our foundingness. And if this attitude takes hold, and it is taking hold in more and more places, we're going to lose this country. What are we left with? We're left with this self-hating, ultra-radical, neo-Marxist mentality. We're left with nothing. Absolutely nothing. And so what does Obama say in response to this? Go ahead. We're at that place right now. So if you ask me, theoretically, are reparations justified? The answer is yes. There's not much question, right? That the wealth of... Oh, wait, there's not much question? Really? There's not much question? You know, I was saying earlier, and I didn't finish my thought, that I said, I've said for years... That if we're going to have reparations, it's the responsibility of the Democrat Party. The Republican Party never supported slavery. In fact, it was founded to end slavery. 
Those weren't Republican governors standing in scorehouse doorways. Those weren't Republican governors supporting, uh, or legislators for that matter, racist laws and Jim Crow laws and so forth. These Democrats, Obama, Bruce Springsteen and so forth, they don't even get their history right. And so to broadly condemn everybody, well, we know everybody didn't support slavery. We had a damn civil war. And the vast majority of Americans didn't own slaves. So, go ahead. The power of this country was built in significant part, not exclusively, maybe not even the majority of it, but a large portion of it was built on the backs of slaves. The White House might... Uh, Okay. I don't disagree with that. But those poor folks are gone. For three or four generations, they're gone. There's no way we can pay them back as a country. And as a country, again, it's interesting, the country as a whole, significant parts of the country, did not support slavery, and significant parts of the country didn't have slaves. So the country fought a civil war. The Union fought the Confederacy that had broken away from the Union to prevent them from being a breakaway republic and to destroy slavery. And there were a hell of a lot of people who died, died, who didn't have slaves and didn't want slaves in the North, some in the South. They went to their death. What more can you give? And some of these people who talk like this, they never go to the battlefields to see exactly what took place. It was horrendous. They don't go to the cemeteries. They don't see cross after cross after cross after cross. Now, people who died over this issue. You realize we're the only modern country on the face of the earth that fought a civil war to end slavery? The only one. Now, there's still slavery going on in the world. It's going on, for instance, in communist China. Which the Democrat Party has sold out to. Which the left has sold out to. Which supporters of the Democrat Party, whether in sports or elsewhere, have sold out to. They're slaves. Slaves. Concentration camps in this world. A significant number of people in communist China. In the Middle East. In Southeast Asia, other parts of Asia. On the continent of Africa. In the Sudan. Where black Muslims capture black Christians. Wipe them out or enslave them. It is horrific. You hear nothing. Almost nothing. But now we're going to keep going back to the pre-Civil War period. And Obama acts like nothing's been done. 
the Civil War itself was something mankind, from the beginning of mankind, mankind I've never seen before, never seen before. A country fully convulsing, nearly destroying itself to prevent a breakaway republic, to prevent slavery, to end it. With hundreds and hundreds of thousands dead. You had battles that lasted two days with 35,000 casualties. Think about it. 25 million people in the country, 35,000 casualties on one battlefield in 48 or 72 hours. Can you imagine the scene of that battlefield? Go to the battlefields. Look. It's right there. It's not a museum. It's not a fantasy. When Obama says there's never been a true reckoning, those battlefields are drenched in blood. Drenched in blood. The civil rights movement. Why do we celebrate the civil rights movement? Of 55, 60, 65 years ago. Because it was a reckoning with the segregationists and the separatists. And now we're dealing with a new form of that, with critical race theory and nationalist movements and so forth. But that for another day. Go ahead. Uh, The the house I stayed in (laughs) for a while. Let's go to cut 17. Go. What is also true is that even after the end of formal slavery and the continuation of Jim Crow. The systematic oppression and discrimination of black Americans resulted in black families not being able to build up wealth, not being able to compete. You know, it's interesting about this. When you, the late, great William, uh, Walter Williams or Tom Sowell or Shelby Seal these men grew up in discrimination, as have so many. And um, they talk about how the families stayed together nonetheless, how families were church-going, how ethics and morality were taught at the breakfast table and the dinner table, self-respect, And that with this left-wing agenda of radical egalitarianism, big government, Washington imposition of its its views, you look at what's going on in our schools today where kids, mostly minority kids, stuck in these inner-city schools where they're either not open or they're not getting educated or they're crime-infested, and so their opportunities are limited and so forth, they point out. That so many ways the government have held people back now. Go ahead. That has generational effects. So if you're thinking of what's just. Here's what I'm thinking, uh, Mr. President. You've never embraced capitalism except for yourself. You've never embraced individualism except for yourself. Stop categorizing people based on stereotypes. 
Stop categorizing people based on race and ethnicity. What you should be promoting, and what Lincoln promoted and others have promoted, Frederick Douglass promoted, and Martin Luther King, in my view, is liberty of the individual. Individual sovereignty. That is, everybody's an individual human being. They are to be unmolested. They should pursue their interests, whatever motivates them. And if we can help, we should help. But the idea of economic, massive redistribution of wealth has never helped anybody. It's been tried over and over and over again since Marx, and it's failed miserably. Tell me, how are minorities doing in China? How are minorities doing in North Korea? How are minorities doing in Cuba? How are minorities doing in Venezuela? They are brutalized, all of them. All of them. So this movement toward big centralized government supported by the Democrats, massive redistribution of wealth, a massive increase in the welfare state, that, that doesn't liberate people. That controls people. And wherever it's tried, you have tyranny. And I don't care who the leaders are whether they're white men or black men, whether they're brown men, whether they're Asian men, it doesn't matter. Wherever it's tried, it's the ideology. And it does an enormous disservice to our fellow human beings. I'll be right back. Are you worried about America's future? Times of trouble are full of reasons to despair. But those who built and have preserved our country didn't despair. So to do our part, we need to draw on the books, the history, and the ideas that gave our forefathers and mothers strength and inspiration. Hillsdale College was founded in 1844 to teach these very things, and it teaches them still today. We can all study these things, all with Hillsdale College professors right in our homes. Through Hillsdale's free online courses, we can study the history of our civilization, the wisdom of ancient and Judeo-Christian philosophers, and the writings of Shakespeare and Mark Twain. We can reacquaint ourselves with our Constitution. We can learn how the Constitution has been undermined, and more importantly, how it can be recovered. Friends, as we fight in defense of family, faith, and freedom, let us draw on the best of the past with Hillsdale's guidance to save the greatest nation on earth. Begin learning today at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. levinforhillsdale.com. You know, saving money has never been more... Before I get to this, it's a damn shame that the people who benefit from this country most, like Obama, like Bruce Springsteen, among others, trash the hell out of it. It's a damn shame that more Americans don't enjoy the American spirit, the spirit of this country, the opportunity of this country... People who are not from this country, who are black and brown and red and yellow and white and what have you, they look at America differently than Obama and Springsteen and their ilk. 
What amazes me is you listen to Obama, you listen to Springsteen. We have men and women in uniform today all over the world who put their lives on the line to protect people they don't even know, that they have absolutely nothing in common with. And also to protect this country. If this country is as Obama says, if this country is as Springsteen incoherently says, then who would want to join the military? Who would want to fight for it? In some ways, I say to myself, if my father saw what was going on just in the last two and a half years, I think it would destroy him. At the age of 17, after the attack on Pearl Harbor, volunteers. And little did he know, his would-be father-in-law some years later, obviously, at the age of 34, dropped everything he was doing to volunteer, join the Marines, as did his brother-in-law. Jewish men in the deepest poverty in Philadelphia, breaking their butts to make ends meet. And my grandfather's parents came to this country escaping the Russian pogroms against the Jews. And they tried to make something of themselves. They didn't come with a chip on their shoulder. Well, Mark, they weren't slaves. Actually, our ancestors were slaves. But that's, a, that's beside the point. They wanted to achieve. They wanted their family to be well. They just couldn't focus on things like that. They had to move forward. They had to do what they had to do. When my dad was in the army, you know where they first sent him, Mr. Producer? Biloxi, Mississippi. He was in a unit, or whatever they called it, with 120 men, 119 of whom never saw a Jew before. So be it. So be it. As he would say, you do what you have to do. And he wound up getting along with them great, by the way, as the day. All right, I'll play that last clip uh, after the top of the hour. I don't want to belabor the point, but I have to answer Obama. That's why. All right, we'll finish this up. And I think it's important that I do finish this up. And then we'll move on. I'll be right back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. I've got to tackle these things. It's easy to be a Pollyanna, but, you know, I'm not very good at that either. We're going to withdraw from this soon, but I want to finish addressing it. If Obama would come on my show, I wouldn't have to do it this way. If any of these... Prominent leftists would come on my show. I wouldn't have to do it this way, but they don't want to. Instead, they want these softball interviews. 
So then finally, Obama and Bruce Springsteen in their podcast series. So why didn't Obama go through with reparations? Why didn't he lead the fight for reparations? Cut 18, go. What I saw during my presidency was that the politics of white resistance and resentment. All right, all right, all right stop. Tens of millions of white people voted for Barack Obama to be president of the United States. I don't know what he's talking about. The politics of white resistance and resentment? He was elected president of the United States, ladies and gentlemen. Now, a lot of us voted against him because we disagreed with him. It had nothing to do with race. Any more than when a lot of white liberals opposed Clarence Thomas. That had nothing to do with race. That had to do with their radical ideology. But nonetheless, did Barack Obama come out and say, look, I want to press reparations except for white resistance and white resentment? Did he say that at the time? No, he never said that. He was elected to a second term. He could have said whatever he wanted during the course of that term, all four years. He never said anything like this. Go ahead. Uh, talk of welfare queens and the talk of the undeserving poor and the backlash against affirmative action. All right, let's, let, let's slow down there because he's throwing a lot of things together. The talk of welfare queens. Honestly, I don't remember this talk of welfare queens. I don't remember this talk of undeserving poor. If you oppose the massive expansion of the welfare state to include people who aren't poor, or if you want to challenge it because it, in many ways, is detrimental to a lot of people, that has nothing to do with white resistance and white resentment. Some of the most brilliant scholars on this subject aren't white at all. And a backlash against affirmative action? Yes, I object to affirmative action. I support Colorblind action. But a backlash against affirmative action? The fact of the matter is, if Barack Obama wanted to push ahead with reparations, he didn't. If he wanted to then point the finger at white resistance and white resentment, he could have. He didn't. This is a fabrication. It's completely fictional. Go ahead. All that made the prospect of actually... Proposing any kind of coherent, meaningful reparations program struck me as politically not only a non-starter, but potentially counterproductive. Well, it is a non-starter. In my view, it is counterproductive. But that has nothing to do with what you're saying. My position here right now is that Barack Obama was a very average president, or worse. And he was a disuniter, not a uniter. And he didn't have the courage of his convictions if this was his conviction. He just didn't. You know who knows that more than I, Mr. Producer? Joe Biden. I despise what Joe Biden is doing. I know why he's doing it, because he wants to outshine Franklin Roosevelt, but he also wants to outshine Barack Obama. He wants to show the world 
that in the end, when it's all said and done about Lunch Bucket Joe, he was the most progressive, a.k.a. neo-Marxist president America's ever had. That's what he wants to do. But this whole discussion about white resistance and white resentment, this is so out of hand now. It's so out of hand. The, the things that can be said against other people, whether it's white to blacks or blacks to white, it's just unbelievable to me. In fact, it's disgusting. And so what needs to be done is we need to fight the 1619 Project. We need to fight what's going on in our colleges and universities, what's going on in our law schools with these radical professors and teachers pushing their agendas and their lies about American history. Teach American history, all of it, but don't lie about it. We have uh, children's minds that are being uh, indoctrinated. They're being brainwashed. These so-called teachers and professors are closing the children's minds to real thinking and academia. What about all the, the heroes that have come before us? There have been many heroes in the civil rights movement, but there have been other heroes too that had nothing to do with civil rights. Heroes that fought our wars so we could be a free country. So we wouldn't be marching under the Nazi flag. Or Imperial Japan. Heroes who defeated the Soviet Union. Heroes that invented things. Medicines. Vaccines. Fought polio. Improved production. Agriculture. So we have plentiful food. So we have plentiful medicines like vaccines. So we can, in fact, achieve if we put our mind to it. Nowhere is it ever discussed when you listen to Obama or Biden or the rest. Personal responsibility. Personal personal accountability. That's never in the equation. If somebody has a gripe or somebody fails at something, it's the system. And what's the system? It's the white-dominated system. That's where we are today. Who does that help? Does that help the individual? Not in the least. Because you can blame the white dominant system all you want. That's not going to put food on your table. That's not going to advance your education. That's not going to make you self-sufficient. It's going to make you the opposite. And my concern is that's exactly what many of these Democrat so-called leaders have exactly in mind. The worst thing you can be is a self-sufficient, independent-thinking individual. Because the Democrats don't want self-sufficient, independent-thinking people. They campaign and rule and, pro- and propagandize based on emotion. Based on old prejudices and jealousies, creating anger and hatred. That's what they do. 1619 Project Backlash is building in state houses across the country. Let us hope so. Because if the New York Times succeeds in its effort, the New York Times, a media corporation, succeeds in its effort 
to burn down American history, to burn American books, then we won't have a future. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. Over 2,000 of you, my listeners, made the switch from overpriced wireless carriers to Pure Talk over the past few months. We want the rest of you to join us and to see what we're talking about. If you're with AT&T and Verizon or T-Mobile, your family could save over $800 a year just by switching to Pure Talk. You get great coverage, you can keep your phone and your number, and you'll save a fortune. Pure Talk is the top-rated wireless company by Consumer Affairs with the absolute best consumer service team based right here in America. Does that sound good? Well, it gets better. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data, just $30 a month. And if you go over on data, they don't charge you for it. They don't care. Go to puretalkusa.com. And enter promo code Levin Podcast. Again, puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin, L E V I N Podcast. And when you do, you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. Ladies and gentlemen, I have in front of me. Something that's quite shocking. And by the way, I want to go to the callers after the bottom of the hour, so hang in there. It's a letter dated two days ago, sent to every cable platform company, not cable news company, cable platform company in the country, by two members of Congress who represent the Silicon Valley. Anna Ishu and Jerry McNerney. And they write, for instance, to the CEO of AT&T, our country's public discourse is plagued by misinformation, disinformation, conspiracy theories, and lies. These phenomena undergird the radicalization of seditious individuals who committed acts of insurrection on January 6th, and it contributes to a growing distrust of public health measures necessary to crush the pandemic. We're concerned about the role AT&T plays, and you can fill in Verizon and all. They sent it to all of them. In disseminating misinformation to millions of its U-verse, DirecTV, AT&T TV subscribers, and we write to you today, notice they don't mention CNN, to request additional information about what actions AT&T is taking to address these issues. So members of Congress asking this corporation... What are you going to do about speech? Nearly half of Americans get their news primarily from TV. However, not all TV news sources are the same. Some purported news outlets have long been misinformation rumor mills and conspiracy theory hotbeds that produce content that leads to real harm. Misinformation on TV has led to our current polluted information environment that radicalizes individuals to commit seditious acts and rejects public health best practices among other issues in our public discourse. Notice they didn't write this letter during the riots of the summer. Experts have noted that the right-wing media ecosystem is, quote, much more susceptible to disinformation lies and half-truths, unquote. Right-wing media outlets like Newsmax, One American News Network, and Fox News all aired misinformation about the November 2020 elections. Precious coming from these two clowns 
to the Russian conspiracy nutjobs. For example, both Newsmax and OANN ran incendiary reports of false information following the elections and continue to support an angry and dangerous subculture that will continue to operate semi-openly. As a violent mob was breaching the doors of the Capitol, Newsmax coverage called the scene a sort of romantic idea. Uh, No, they didn't. Just because somebody said that, that doesn't mean, and if they said that, that that's the, the view. Fox News, meanwhile, has spent years spewing misinformation about American politics. I thank God every day for our Constitution. Because I could see these people in uniforms. I could see these people knocking on my door. And I can see these people taking me to those cages that they now have uh, little kids in that Biden used to complain about on the border. These people are nuts. They are totalitarian through and through. These same networks also have been key vectors of spreading misinformation related to the pandemic. A media watchdog found over 250 cases of COVID-19 misinformation on Fox News. They mean media matters. In just one five-day period, and they go on. Yet to our knowledge, the cable, satellite, and over-the-top companies that disseminate these media outlets to American viewers have done nothing in response to the misinformation aired by the outlets. So what's happened is the radical leftists and their organizations want Democrats, forget about boycotting the advertisers, get Fox and the others deplatformed. And so now the Democrats are pushing this. As a company that serves 17 million Americans, AT&T plays a major role in the spread of dangerous misinformation. So listen to these questions. And they want the answers by March 8, 2021, or else. Number one, what moral or ethical principles, including those related to journalistic integrity, violence, medical information, and public health, do you apply in deciding which channels to carry? Or one to take adverse actions against a channel. Number two, you paying attention to Supreme Court? Bunch of cowards. Number two, do you require through contracts or otherwise that the channels you carry abide by any content guidelines? If so, please provide a copy of the guidelines. This is your government demanding this information. Number three, how many of your subscribers tuned in Fox News, Newsmax, and OANN on UVerse, DirecTV, and AT&T TV for each of the four weeks preceding the November 3, 2020 elections and the January 6, 2021 attacks on the Capitol, please specify the number of subscribers that tuned into each channel. You see, it's now everybody. You're all guilty. Number four, what steps did you take prior to, on, and following November 3 election and then January 26 attacks to monitor, respond to, reduce the spread of disinformation, including encouragement or incitement of violence by channels your company disseminates to millions of Americans. Please describe each step that you took and when it was taken. This was written by some punk fresh out of law school, by the way. Number five, have you taken any adverse actions against a channel, including Fox News, Newsmax, and OANN, for using your platform? to disseminate disinformation related directly or indirectly to the number three elections, the January 6th Capitol insurrection, or COVID-19 misinformation? If yes, please describe each action, when it was taken, and the parties involved. Number six, have you ever taken any actions against a channel for using your platform 
to disseminate any disinformation? If yes, please describe each action and when it was taken. Number seven, are you planning to continue carrying Fox News, Newsmax, and OANN on UVerse, DirecTV, and AT&T TV, both now and beyond any contract renewal date? If so, why? Anna Eshoo, member of Congress, Jerry McNerney, member of Congress, Silicon Valley, two of big tech's representatives. Now, if these corporatists and their corporations had any sense whatsoever, they would respond harshly to the demands from these two fascists. Mr. Producer, I want you to contact these two fascists, yes, not just by email, but by call, and tell them I would like them to come on this program to talk about their lovely letter that was sent to all these platforms. I'll be right back. Mark Levin, the most passionate conservative on radio. Talk with him now at 877-381-3811. You see why I spend every day and I've spent most of my life defending and promoting the Constitution. That is the only thing that stands between us and tyranny. It is the only thing, and that's why they're trying to destroy it. And that's why when the Supreme Court fails to uphold it, particularly as applies to elections, it is destroying it. The radical left, these various movements, social this, critical that, the Democrat Party, which is now the epicenter of all these movements, quote-unquote, the intersectional you know, meeting of all these movements within the Democrat Party, they hate the whole system because it's in their way. It, it, it limits them. That's why Joe Biden is there signing stuff that he has no right to sign. That's why Schumer keeps trying to get around processes that are intended to limit what Congress can do. And now you actually have members of Congress writing private companies that own platforms to enable Fox and OAN and Newsmax and not just them others to promote speech, to promote opinion, to promote news, insisting that they provide them with all kinds of data to accommodate their ideology, and their ideology insists now that we shut down Fox, Newsmax, OAN. It's not enough that they have all the rest of the media. It's not enough that they have big tech. It's not enough that 95% of all communication channels are controlled by the left. And then they're going to come for talk radio again. You mark my words on this. And I will fight them to the bitter end. But that's the plan. That's the plan. And so when you have the 1619 Project and these professors and these radicals and all the rest trashing the Constitution by trashing the framers of the Constitution, by rewriting our history, that's the plan. And so your children and grandchildren... Unless you teach them, and unless that teaching takes hold, it's going to join the, they're going to join the other side. 
the cultural pressures, the social pressures, will be just too much. That's the nature of brainwashing. That's why we're here, behind this microphone. That's why Rush was behind the microphone. This is called pushback. This is called our own system of public education. And that's what Rush meant when he said, I'm just here, I'm affirming your beliefs. Which was quite right, wasn't it? Now, if you think these two Congress fascists are alone, you'd be wrong. Earlier, on February 10th, a man by the name of Nicholas Kristof, who's been writing for the New York Times a long time, he's quite decrepit, he wrote a piece called, Can We Put Fox News on Trial with Trump? I'm telling you, these things are spreading. Like a wildfire. Like yesterday, I was talking about the extent of which you can see this this Jew hatred in the Democrat Party, in the Biden administration, especially in the media. Well, look at this. Look at the attack on Fox, the attack on free speech, the attack on free media. It is unbelievable. I don't like reading all this stuff. That's not what I come here to do. But I have to read some of it so you have a feel for this. And then I'll spend time unraveling it. Now let's invite Nicholas Kristof on the program, Mr. Producer. And what you're going to see, Mr. I mean, ladies and gentlemen, is what gutless cowards these people are. What frauds they are. Because they're not going to do it. As America debates whether to hold former President Donald Trump accountable, remember this is February 10th. What about his co-conspirator Fox News? goes on, the Fox News Channel finished the quarter with its highest average ratings. We can't impeach Fox or put Carlson or Hannity on trial in the Senate, but there are steps we can take, imperfect, inadequate ones, resting on slippery slopes, to create accountability not only for Trump, but also for fellow travelers at Fox, O-A-N-N, Newsmax, and so on. That can mean pressure on advertisers to avoid underwriting extremists, but the Fox News business model... Depends not so much on advertising, ready, as on cable subscription fees. So you see, you have the New York Times, you have Democrat left-wing front groups pushing this agenda, and now Democrats in Congress pushing this agenda. They march very well together in lockstep. You should hear it. Reminds me of old days, actually, before I was born. So a second step is to call on cable companies to drop Fox News from basic cable TV packages. It's the New York Times. The issue here is that if you're like many Americans, you A, don't watch Fox News, and B, still subsidize Fox News. If you buy a basic cable package, you're forced to pay about 20 bucks a year for Fox News. You may deplore bigots and promoters of insurrection, but you help pay their salaries. This guy is such a piece of S, it's unbelievable. Unbelievable. He won't come on the show. He's a punk. He's a coward. Come on, buddy. Come on. Come into the talk radio UFC, you creep. Angelo Curason. Who is he? This guy is the slimeball that runs Media Matters for America. He quotes him. He cites him. And they did this study that is absolutely, 
outrageous. The Daily Caller and others have looked at it and said it's a pathetic joke. This organization has been funded by left-wing Democrat billionaires who have as their purpose to destroy the Fox News channel, anyone and anything associated with it. They tried to take out Rush over and over again, but they couldn't do that. They can't overpower Rush's audience or mine or anybody else's. Given all the damage that Fox News has caused and the threat that it remains, they absolutely should unbundle Fox News, Carasone told me. It's not a news channel. It's a propaganda operation mixed with political smut. Wow, that sounds like the New York Slimes to me. Frankly, writes Christoph, my argument leaves even me a bit queasy. What kind of a conflicted, moronic, sophomoric fool is this guy? I deeply believe in the marketplace of ideas, and I do think there's a danger of a liberal monoculture in some universities, nonprofits, and news organizations. I've rallied against liberal intolerance, and I don't think the cancel culture that conservatives decry is entirely a mirage. But what? Defamation lawsuits by election technology goes on and on and on. But anyway, Christoph, New York Times, he's not alone. The media are now trying to pressure these cable platform companies to drop Fox and OAN and Newsmax and anyone with whom they disagree. Anyone. What's next, ladies and gentlemen? We're going to destroy the printing presses? What are we going to do next? We're brainwashing children in classrooms. We're brainwashing students in colleges and universities. Big tech is destroying free speech throughout the country to advance a liberal agenda, the Democrat Party agenda. Now they're going after Fox, Newsmax, OAN to try and snuff them out. This is fascist, Marxist. I know they're different. It doesn't matter. This is tyranny and totalitarianism. That's what Christoph is and supports. Christoph, isn't that like a a designer or something, mister? I'm wearing my Christoph shoes here right right now. Are you, Mr. Berger? I got my Christoph shoes right here. And I wish to askew what's taking place. No, her name is Eschew. Oh, I thought it was askew. I joke, but this is no joke. Mr. Kristoff, I'm on Fox. Come and get me. Come and get me, Mr. Kristoff. Come and get me. I'll sue your ass so hard you won't know what hit you. No, 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 not for defamation. No. A civil suit. For interfering with my business in trying to destroy my contract. I'll own your multiple homes, and I'll own your clothes. I've had enough of you, and I've had enough of these other punks. Pick on somebody your own size, like me. I'll be right back.
Over 2,000 of you, my listeners, made the switch from overpriced wireless carriers to Pure Talk over the past few months. We want the rest of you to join us and to see what we're talking about. If you're with AT&T and Verizon or T-Mobile, your family could save over $800 a year just by switching to Pure Talk. You get great coverage, you can keep your phone and your number, and you'll save a fortune. Pure Talk is the top-rated wireless company by Consumer Affairs with the absolute best consumer service team based right here in America. Does that sound good? Well, it gets better. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data, just $30 a month. And if you go over on data, they don't charge you for it. They don't care. Go to puretalkusa.com. And enter promo code Levin Podcast. Again, puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin, L E V I N Podcast. And when you do, you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. All right. A friend of mine wrote me and just said, I'm scared. I'm worried. I'm worried. You know, we, we have five or ten years. Or we're not going to be able to turn the corner here. And that's what motivates me every day behind this microphone. I may not be Mr. Nice Guy. I'm nice to people who I, who I love, who I respect. I'm nice to patriots. I'm nice to kind people. But I must confess, I have very little patience for people who want to destroy my country, who want to destroy our history, and everybody who fought for it, and want to destroy this society. I have no patience. I have no tolerance whatsoever. In my view, we're running out of time. Now, for the left, this is, oh, that's frightening what Mark's saying. It's not frightening. They have an agenda, and they are aggressively imposing it on us. And it's so ubiquitous, they're imposing it on us through this massive bureaucracy that they have built, through these executive orders. We don't even know what all of them say. And it goes on, almost rote. Almost rote. So no, some days I get behind this microphone, I don't fool you, I don't play games, and I'm very irritated. Because I'm just like you, I see it, I see it. And you, and God Almighty has given me this microphone and this platform to fight back, and that's exactly what I'm going to do, to my dying day. But we don't despair. We must be resolute. We must do everything we can in our own role. It's not going to be, what do we do? What do we do? Each and every one of us needs to make sure our children and grandchildren are properly informed. Let me see if we can take one caller here. Uh, Let us go to Lisa, Indianapolis, Indiana, Sirius Satellite. How are you today, Lisa? Doing fine, Mark, and I just wanted to share 
my story and my truth because apparently the cancel culture doesn't want to hear my truth because I don't fit their narrative. We have 90 seconds, so give us your truth. My company and their uh, quest to be woke decided to have a check your privilege meeting. In that meeting, I discovered that I scored lower than... If we're going to talk about these things, we've got to talk about them properly. So, I'm sorry, ma'am. I'm not canceling you. You can call back. But when you're speaking publicly, you got to think about how you say things or what you're saying. Rick, Goodyear, Arizona, Sirius Satellite. Go right ahead, please. Hey, Mark. What an honor to talk to you. And in and, uh, and an honor of Rush, I just want to give you, from me to you, a, a dittos to you, Mark. Thank you. Um, I wanted to, wanted to say... Uh, I, I, I heard you talk about decoupling um, the the cable news. And, well, and that's what they're say, talking you, about. You just, yeah, yeah, I heard you mention that. I, I think let's do it. I, I want to say that was a that was like a topic. I don't know, a couple of years ago, where they said they they were going to offer consumers the ability to do it, but they didn't. And my guess is that it would backfire. They said, "All right, you choose whether or not you want Oprah." Like when we're fighting Nick. tyranny. It's not, go ahead and do it, I dare you, time. They not only destroy the platform you're on, they prevent you from building new platforms. So my view is we fight them every inch of the way. Every inch of the way. All right, Rick, thank you for your call. We'll be right back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, this final hour of the podcast is sponsored exclusively by AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we care about, faith, family, and freedom. Thank you for listening, and please support AMAC. And you can become a member at amac.us slash join. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, So the left is destroying this country one person at a time, one institution at a time, but nonetheless. Do you think a little kid should be able to make the decision on whether or not they have a sex change operation, Mr. Producer? Do you think the parents should be involved in that decision? There was some survey I read today. It was so ridiculous, but, well, here it is. Los Angeles Times. No, that's not the one I wanted. Where is it? I don't have it, but... It was like, and and I'm doing this off the top of my head, like one out of six individuals in the current generation, not my generation, not yours, Rich, but younger, uh, are uh, embrace LGBTQ and the rest of it. 
And then they showed how my generation and generations earlier, I, th- I think the percentage was like, what, 16%, give or take, and the percentage now is, of our, my generation and the earlier generation was like 0.03% or something. And this is what happens in part when the culture is pushed in a certain direction, in the classroom, in the media, online. But I want to talk about this for a second. You have a nominee to be the assistant secretary at HHS, assistant health secretary, Rachel Levine, uh, who, is, who has transitioned, a transgender, I guess, from a man to a woman. And as an aside, uh, as the, the governor and she were shoving COVID-positive patients in the nursing home, she removed her 90-something-year-old mother out of a nursing home because she knew better about her. And I guess that drew Biden's attention and said, you know what, she's good. She's like Cuomo. Maybe we ought to put her in a high position. But what's happened to a society and a culture that not only believes it's okay for minors to make decisions about taking hormones, about minors to make decisions that affect them the rest of their lives, where they couldn't make other medical decisions without adult or parental input. That's a culture in deep decline. And I don't give a damn what the media have to say or anybody else. And the fact that Joe Biden picks Rachel Levine to serve in a top position at the Department of Health and Human Services, that just shows you what he's all about. And I said to you before, a couple of weeks ago, people come, come to me and they say, you know, it's not Biden, he's too stupid, it's the people around him. I don't know why people keep saying that. No, it is Biden. Apparently he does have enough wits about him to make these decisions, to push us hard left, to build his legacy. Why are we saying, well, it's not him, it's the people around him. He's put these people around him. It's him. It's him. Now, there was never a lunch bucket, Joe. That was always a lie. That was always propaganda. The guy never carried a lunch bucket. He never had a lunch bucket job. Lunch bucket Joe goes from law school to the Wilmington City Council to the United States Senate. When did he carry a lunch bucket? Oh, that's lunch bucket Joe. Look at him now, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not saying he was trained in Marxism and all the rest. It doesn't matter. I'm saying that His personal, narcissistic, egomaniacal interests parallel those of the Bernie Sanders hardcore, radical neo-Marxist left. It's that simple. Why else, out of all the human beings he could pick to do this, he picks Rachel Levine. And he's going down the checklist. All right, I have this kind of person, I have this kind of person, I have this kind of person. Everybody knows that's what he's doing. Everybody knows it. Because he's celebrated for it. The media love it. Rand Paul has the guts to confront Rachel Levine. And we shall all be confronting people who think that minors should, should be able to make decisions. 
of this sort. Because they shouldn't be. Cut 19, Mr. Producer, go. I'm alarmed that you won't say with certainty that minors should not have the ability to make the decision to take hormones that will affect them for the rest of their life. Will you make a more firm decision on whether or not minors should be involved in these decisions? Senator, uh, transgender medicine is a very complex and nuanced field, uh, and if confirmed to the position of Assistant Secretary of Health, I would certainly be pleased to come to your office and talk with you and your staff about the standards of care and the complexity of this field. Let it go into the record that the witness refused to answer the question. The question is a very specific one. Should minors be making these momentous decisions? For most of the history of medicine, we wouldn't let you have a cut sewn up in the ER. But you're willing to let a minor take things that prevent their puberty, and you think they get that back? You give a woman testosterone enough that she grows a beard, do you think she's going to go back looking like a woman when you stop the testosterone? You have permanently changed them. Infertility is another problem. None of these drugs have been approved for this. They're all being used off-label. I find it ironic that the left that went nuts over hydroxychloroquine being used possibly for COVID are not alarmed that these hormones are being used off-label. There's no long-term studies. We don't know what happens to them. We do know that there are dozens and dozens of people who've been through this who, who regret that this happened and a permanent change happened to them. And, you know, if you've ever been around children, 14-year-olds can't make this decision. In the gender dysphoria clinic in England, 10% of the kids are between the ages of 3 and 10. We should be outraged that someone's talking to a 3-year-old about changing their sex. I can't Great. vote for you if you can't Thank make you a so decision. Thank you so much, Senator on. Paul. How can anyone vote for Rachel Levine? Seriously. Are the Democrats so drunk with power that they'll circle the wagons around anybody that Joe Biden nominates for any position whatsoever? I fear the answer is yes. Joe Biden has nominated Rachel Levine to have one of the most important, critical, highest health care positions in our government. He's nominated a woman to be head of the Civil Rights Division of the, of, uh, of the Department of Justice. Her name is Clark. Who is a black supremacist. Don't tell me Joe Biden doesn't know what he's doing. He's nominated somebody to be the secretary of HHS. Who sued Catholic nuns to compel them to pay through their health insurance for abortion on demand. It's as if Joe Biden is going around looking for the most radical individuals he can possibly find to serve in his administration. And by the way, including the person he ran with for uh, President and Vice President, Kamala Harris. He's destroyed women's, uh, girls' high school sports. He's destroyed it. Destroyed it. He's destroying towns and cities on the border. Destroying them with illegal immigration. And his refusal to deport menacing, in some cases very violent, aliens who are in this country illegally. 
It, I mean, is this something Democrats want? I'm not talking about in Washington. Is this what Democrats want in Philadelphia, where I'm from, and in New York and Washington? Is this what Democrats want? Really? And then I look at this. California, which is what they want to turn the whole country into. The Los Angeles Times. 40% of inmates in California's correction system have been vaccinated for COVID-19. 40%. So if you want to get vaccinated quickly in California, commit a crime. The rest of you are going to wait and wait and wait while you go broke, while you lose your business. But if you want to get vaccinated quickly in California, commit a crime. Oh, and also, go back over the southern border, then break into the country illegally, and you're also more likely to get a vaccine. And this jackass president, notice I didn't call him Hitler, well, they they called our president. This jackass president is out there yet again today, claiming that Trump didn't have any system for getting everybody vaccinated. He is a liar. He has always been a liar. He is a plagiarist. He's always been a plagiarist. He doesn't have an independent thought in that small cranium of his and never has. And he wants you to think that everybody's going to be vaccinated because of him. It's in spite of him. It's in spite of the things he said. It's in spite of the things he did that everybody will be vaccinated. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest-growing organizations in America, now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine, full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead, A-M-A-C dot U-S. All right, let's give this a try. Let's go to the callers. Greg, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, the great WPHT. How are you, Greg? Go right ahead, Greg. I'm great, Mark. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. Uh, It's great to talk to you. Thank you. Just wanted to impart a couple of comments that I think are prescient and helpful. So, Rachel Levin, her expertise... No, 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 it's Levine. ...is actually... Levine is in uh, pediatric psychology. Pediatric psychology. Yes. So she has very little experience in virology or immunoscience, yet she has been um, extremely important in the 
formation of all the policy that took place in the Commonwealth. So in other words, she's a psychologist. Is that what you're telling me? Well, yes, effectively. Well, she's a pediatric psychologist. She's a psychologist. And she's making health decisions, monumental health decisions, and giving health advice? Right. So the governor, you know, took her advice in terms of policy um, relative to COVID and vaccine distribution. Well, today in the state house in the Commonwealth, there was a big discussion about how there have been real challenges with vaccine distribution. Um, But now she's moving on to Washington, D.C. But it's difficult for me to understand how policy, um, whether it be Fauci or Rachel, uh, is going to be spot on. But thank you. Well, it's not going to be because she doesn't know what the hell she's doing. And Fauci's demonstrated that he doesn't know what the hell he's doing. And Joe Biden has a whole life full of not knowing what the hell he's doing. So they're riding on the backs of the Trump administration, both in terms of the actual existence of the vaccines and the development of the distribution, production and distribution of the vaccines, which is why Joe Biden himself is spending so much time lying about what he inherited. He's enormously lucky politically, enormously lucky politically from the China virus from the United States Supreme Court and what it failed to do in some of these states with respect to Article 2. And the fact that when he became president of the United States, there were two vaccines on the shelf. There were tests on the shelf. There were therapeutics on the shelf. There was funding for further vaccines on the shelf. And there was an entire plan for the distribution and increased production of those vaccines. So he opens the closet. He sees all that on the shelf. He slams it shut. And then he starts lying. We don't have enough vaccines. They weren't made fast enough. They didn't think ahead. But I insist that we'll have 100 million people vaccinated in 100 days. He lowballs it, knowing that's already in the, in, the, uh, in the process. And we'll have everybody vaccinated by June or July, which is exactly what the Trump administration was aiming for. And so we have to sit here and listen to this liar and the liars surrounding him and the media, the Praetorian Guard media, protecting him. Meanwhile, he's destroying everything in sight. He's a wrecking ball. He's reaching into our high schools and the girls' sports. He's destroyed all uh, security efforts on the border. They ramped up those quote-unquote cages again for children. But don't worry about it. The media finds them to be perfectly appropriate detention centers. Our media in this country is so filthy corrupt, so filthy corrupt, it's unbelievable. They're part of the mob. They're part of the silence, the uh, cancel culture mob, the anti-speech mob, the big government mob. They're exactly what the media are not supposed to be. And again, I blame that on the Supreme Court in the New York Times versus Sullivan decision. People should be able to bring lawsuits against these corporations if they're defamed. You can bring them, but you just can't win them. But they're part of the same educational system and the same mentality and the same social circles on the East Coast and the West Coast. That's exactly what's going on here, driving the nation into the toilet. Let us go to Mike Adams, New York, on the Mark Levin app. Mike, how are you, sir? 
Hey, Mark, right ahead. Uh, how you doing, Doug? Okay. Speaker uh, forever hold I, yourself. I just, yeah, thanks. Uh, uh, I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for not being a nice guy. Uh, well, I can be a nice guy. I'm a nice guy to nice people, family, friends. I'm not a nice guy to uh, tyrants who are trying to destroy my country or destroy my friends or destroy what I believe in and what I love. Those people I'm not going to be nice to. It's that simple. A- absolutely. And I think, I, I mean, I, I, it's, it, it's a breath of fresh air to me because I think, I think part of the problem with uh, many conservatives is, is, you know, we, 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 we try to tread lightly. We try to be, you know, the nice, the nice people, the quote unquote nice people. And, you know, I, I do, yes, we are nice people, but I think when it comes to uh, having to defend this country, uh, we, we better, I think we better learn to play some of the games, you know, that, uh, that the opposition does uh, or else we're, we're, we're just not going to have a country left. You're damn right. All right, my friend. Thank you for your call. I appreciate it. Before we go to the break, this I found shocking in the Washington Examiner, America. Gay campground under fire for banning transgender men from the park. Did you see this, Mr. Medusa? Gay campground under fire for banning transgender men from the park. Michael Lee writing in the Washington Examiner. A gay campground in Michigan is under fire for having a rule that bans transgender people who identify as male from joining the membership-only park. I don't think I would have read that headline 10 years ago. Do you think there would have been a headline like this 10 years ago? I I live in a totally different world. I, I, I just do. I'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest-growing organizations in America, now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. Conservatism with passion. The Mark Levin Show. Call in now. 877-381-3811. Let us see. Jim, El Paso, Texas. The great KTSM. Jim, you're right down there, baby. How are you? I'm good. It's Levin. How are you? It's a pleasure talking to you. Thank you, sir. Um, I enjoy listening to you every single day. Mr. Lynn, the reason I'm calling is because I was watching the uh, the hearings involving the, that letter to AT&T and company. 
Yes, sir. Over the last couple of days, and there was two. There was a bunch of. It, it was sad. The whole thing was sad. But I wanted to bring up two points. Yeah. One was Soledad O'Brien, <laughs> one of the panelists, and they asked her, "What can we do about this to stop this, uh, you know, misinformation and stuff?" He says, "Oh, that's easy." She says, uh, "Why well, don't we just uh, uh, these companies? All they have to do is uh, not not let the liars on, and just and just everything based on facts." She's disgusting. She's always been disgusting. She's a moron. She used to work for Al Jazeera. I guess that had an impact on her uh, cranium. Oh, I, I love it. These people who uh, who have platforms or uh, who are liberals, uh, the way they so blithely and simply dismiss freedom of speech, p- people they disagree with, they're such right, self-righteous tyrants. It's unbelievable. Yes. And then the other one, um, uh, Mr. Levin, real quick, was, I didn't get his name, I didn't write it down, but it was in this, I'm Hispanic, and this was an Hispanic uh, Congress Democratic House representative. And he's complaining about how his, how his father came over and was mistreated, and he had 11 kids, and they, they were racist Americans, and they, they, they treated him bad, and, and they made mocked him, they made fun of him. See, my, my father came from Mexico also. And I'm I'm so proud to be an American, and my, and and um, and I thank God that I that I'm an American. But the thing is, is this. Let, let me, Jim. Let me understand this. So this guy says his father comes across, and he and his mother then have eleven children. Yes. And he's trashing the country. See, Mr. Levin, it was eleven or thirteen. I, you know, one of one of the. Well, two. you lose count after about seven, I think. <laughs> <laughs> But but here's the thing. Why would you come to this country and have so many children if the country's so awful? I don't understand. Am I missing something? Well, here's the thing. Do you know what he had the nerve to say? He says, my father had to work real hard to put food for 13. It was 13, now that I'm recalling. To put food for 13 people on the table. And I'm thinking to myself, what an ingrid. This guy, instead of thanking this nation that allows one person to put food for 13 people on the table. He's complaining about it, while at the same time, he's there sitting as a congressman for the United States of America. He's a congressman? You're so right on. He's a congressman. His parents chose to have 13 children. He's complaining about how hard he had to work to feed 13 children. What the hell's going on here? What other country on the face of the earth? Could somebody like that succeed and then trash his own country from the halls of Congress where he's elected? Exactly. It's just so disgusting to me. Yeah, uh, I was disgusted, and you know, and I was trying to get his name, but I, I didn't get his name because I wanted to call his office and say, "How do you have the nerve to complain when you're a congressman and your father was able to provide for his entire family on his own, and thanks to to this nation of ours, and you're sitting there trashing it?" You're so right. All right, Jim, I hope we'll hear from you some more. Okay, buddy? Thank you, sir. Thank you for your call. Yep. Let's go to Eric in Scranton, Pennsylvania, the great WTRW. Eric, uh, you're never going to see Joe Biden back in Scranton, not until he he chooses to run for re-election, should he do that. Otherwise, trust me, he won't be in Scranton. (laughs) Mark, I appreciate that. Uh, I first want to start by... And by the way, that's your good fortune. Go right ahead. <laughs> your, your true patriot words. Uh, your, your, 
uh, common sense and patriotism resonates with me. Um, Thank you. Funny you should say Biden. I'm a small business owner. I own a food truck, and I was actually serving food at the Trump rally. Um, and we were privileged enough to get our... Obviously, you're a white supremacist insurrectionist, but go right ahead. Well, hey, uh, what kind of food were you serving, sir? Yes. What kind of food uh, were you we serving? Did, I love uh, these trucks. Uh, Where were you serving? I'm just curious. Uh, we did Korean steak tacos. We did buffalo oh, chicken sandwiches. I God. mean, we, the supporters were great. The, the, I, I was joking with my staff that we were in the safest place on earth. I mean, it, it was wonderful to be there and, and be a part of it, and we're so fortunate. Um, the reason I'm calling is we had the unfortunate privilege of having uh, Rachel. I, I, I like that you corrected the previous caller. <laughs> yeah, Levine. Um, throughout this pandemic. Something about that name, Levine. It's definitely not Levin. Go right ahead. Certainly is not, sir. <laughs> um, just the impact it's had on the Commonwealth and small business, especially the, the geographical differences we suffer being in northeastern Pennsylvania as opposed to Philadelphia, and just the devastation that was caused, and, and looking every day for answers and for some form of comfort that we're moving through this is not only a country but a commonwealth the the daily programs it just baffles me how someone and i and i heard the previous caller talk about her background in psychology to guide a such a large commonwealth through this i just i, I didn't have any confidence with her then and and then when you go to the back end the state protecting their special interests with the liquor control board and really damaging small business I'm just, I'm really upset that, that she's able to move forward and continue when this, the Commonwealth is really calling for some form of action to remove her before Biden. <laughs> and the, the injustice is with the election, and, and that happens. So. Don't you think it's strange that of all the people he can put in that slot, he chooses her? Don't you think it's strange that of all the people he can head heading the Civil Rights Division of the Justice Department, he picks a black nationalist of sorts? Don't you think it's strange of all the people he can pick to run HHS, he picked somebody who let, literally sued nuns because their insurance didn't pay for abortion on demand? What, what is this guy? This guy is as radical as they come. He's the most radical president we've ever had. And people better start becoming aware of this and accept it. Well, I, my, my true feeling is he's calling for unity, and especially with these executive orders. I, I'm reading. I, I, Mao Zedong I, called for unity. Stalin called for unity, their kind of unity. Biden's calling for his kind of unity. Either you buckle or you're going to get canceled. You don't get to talk. I mean, we know what kind of unity they're talking about. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. And again, I I appreciate these topics being spread out throughout your audience. And my other concern with uh, especially the Commonwealth and and the country in general is pushing for a minimum wage. Uh, I'm a restaurant owner. (laughs) Um, I have a fortunate pleasure to listen to your show on my way home, but uh, prior to, I would be working until 10, 30, 11 o'clock closing up my restaurant. And you and know what? The There's not a politician who pushes for minimum wage who understands that. They didn't understand what my parents had to do to make a living. They don't understand what you have to do to make a living. They don't understand what most small business people have to do to make a living. Most small business people don't have a staff, more than three or four or five people, and many of them just have themselves and family. But when you start raising the minimum wage, whether it's $10, as Romney and Cotton are proposing, or $15, it's, they're not dealing in reality. Some days are good, some days are bad. Some weeks are good, some weeks are bad. It doesn't work that way. It's not a government job. 
It's not a job in, the, in which you have steady income. You can't be sure time from uh, day to day in many instances. And if the economy tanks, your business tanks. You're not in business to pay wages. You're in business to earn a living. So, Mark, you're, you're very constitutionally uh, versed. Uh, I had some issues with um, the right to free enterprise. I know it's an, amend, uh, an amendment, and I know it's not written in stone, but especially in the Commonwealth, we're a family restaurant. We don't serve alcohol. What's your question? And I have I, to I take a break. That especially, uh, we're, we're moving to Tom Wolf and requiring the Commonwealth, who, who controls the liquor board, they're requiring alcohol establishments to serve food. Well, they, these are state issues. They're not federal constitutional issues. I'm not really that up on the Pennsylvania Constitution. That uh, liquor board and the, and the government-owned and run the ABC uh, stores in Pennsylvania, even since I was a kid, is a farce. And the only reason the state does that is because the state wants the revenue. They should have sold those stores off a long time ago, sold them off to the private sector, I mean, it was always a joke. People would drive from Pennsylvania to New Jersey, at least at that time. The New Jersey government didn't own the stores, and they get liquor at one-third the price. All right, my friend, I have to run. We'll be right back. Mark Levin. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest-growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead, A-M-A-C dot U-S. California bill would give $1,000 fines to retailers who separate girls' and boys' toy sections. I don't even know what to say anymore, to be perfectly honest with you. Listen to this one. This is actually quite hilarious in a sick way. I started pulling these today, and I don't normally do that. The collegefix.com. Harvard Club cancels events set to feature expert on cancel culture. Do you see that, Mr. Producer? So they canceled the guy who was going to talk about cancel culture. <laughs> well, all your parents out there paying $90,000 a year to send your kids to Harvard, I hope you're happy. They're going to come back stupid and radicalized. May I say? A big ruling by the parliamentarian of the Senate. No, Democrats, you cannot put a $15 minimum wage provision in the COVID relief bill. Why? Even though in the House they can do whatever they want, in the Senate they have something called germaneness. I remember this from decades ago. Germane. 
You can't just slot thing into the Senate bill, although that's been getting easier and easier to do. But obviously, a $15 minimum wage has nothing to do with the coronavirus. So the Senate parliamentarian has just ruled that no, it cannot be part of a package. Now watch how they trash the hell out of that person. And they'll find some way around it. Because if we know our liberal Democrat friends, and they're not our friends, are they? If we know them, we know that they are conniving. And that they'll try and find some way to force their will upon the rest of us. We shall see. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you for joining me for the last three hours. We can do this again tomorrow. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. God bless each and every one of you. Keep your chin up, and I'll see you tomorrow. From the Westwood One Podcast Network.